What's up, everybody? My name is Alex Suns. I'm here with the Plainside Podcast with my buddy Cam Jordan. Cam, what's up? Hey, what's up, everyone? And Zach Kuyat, what's popping? A corn and uh, like a pop shove it. I'm pretty sure that's a skateboard thing. Yes, sir. And this is the Plainsight Podcast. Our whole goal here is to take normal, everyday things and find ways that we can relate it to our relationship with Christ as Christians. How can we be better people um, and better Christians? So we're going to break down movies, music, books, TV shows, anything we could possibly think of. We're going to have a ton of fun doing it. And this week, we're starting off with the Marvel movie, Black Panther. Zach, tell us about the Black Panther. Yeah, let's talk about the Black Panther. So Black Panther opens in Oakland, 1991, I do believe. Um, and we meet T'Chaka. Cam does not agree with me, but it's the past. He says 83. That sounds yeah, also right. 93. He says 93. I can't tell. I can't read. Anyway, in the past, in Oakland, uh, we meet T'Chaka, the father of T'Challa, who is our uh, main protagonist in this movie. T'Chaka uh, ki- uh, betrays his brother uh, and kills him in Oakland. Um, and that's the past. Um, we cut to the, we cut to what at that time was the modern day, 2018. Um, T'Challa is being brought in as the King of Wakanda, this land that is, uh, kind of hidden away from the world, but is rich in a resource called vibranium, which is what Captain America's shield is made of. Um, before he can become King, he has to like accept challengers in this physical combat. Um, and he gets one challenger, M'Baku from the Jabari tribe, um, he wins that fight, and he becomes the king of Wakanda. At the same time, Killmonger, who's the son of the killed brother from the past, um, returns to Wakanda, saying that Wakanda needs to release its resources and its knowledge to the world, um, and he returns to challenge T'Challa for the throne. He wins that challenge and throws T'Challa off of a cliff, um, killing him, supposedly, um, and then takes over the throne of Wakanda. T'Challa's family has to run away from the main city of Wakanda because they're, they're, uh, T'Challa is no longer the king, and they flee to that same Jabari tribe that challenged him for the throne at the beginning of the movie, and there they find T'Challa frozen in ice, and the Jabari tribe helps them to uh, revive him. He returns, and there's this big battle between Killmonger and T'Challa, and eventually T'Challa wins. He kills Killmonger, which is a tough turn of phrase, um, but he does have a slight change of heart in that he sets up an outreach center in Wakanda, and he meets with the UN to reveal Wakanda's technology to the rest of the world. Yeah, I think watching this movie uh, for the first time in a while, the thing that struck me the most was just the difference between T'Challa in his movie, The Black Panther, and in Civil War, where we first meet him. And we actually get to see T'Challa watch his own father killed right in front of him in Civil War. And so he spends the entire movie trying to avenge his father. And he's filled with rage and anger and he's mysterious and scary and really cool. And he has these really awesome claw thingies. And (laughs) in the Black Panther, you get to see him as a person, as a human. Um, you get to understand who he is as a protagonist, as a leader, um, his faults, what he's been good at, and you get a really deep dive into his heart and who he is. Um, and that really struck me watching this. Cam, what was the first thing that came to mind that really comes to mind when you watch this movie? I, I think there's just a lot of very real undertones throughout this movie. Um, 
it, it's kind of hard to sometimes relate to a Marvel movie, um, but this presented problems that are very genuine and very real in, in our society today. Um, of course. There are a lot of, of legitimate kind of racial undertones. That was very clearly something they wanted to get across in this movie. And, and so I think it's it was kind of weird to watch something that, you know, is this make-believe world and to be able to put yourself in the shoes of T'Challa and, and recognize his struggles um, as a leader, as a man, and, and then to, to say, oh, wow, I see this in my life. Yeah, I and think I'm not the king of anything. Yeah, I think that's one of the like real strengths of this movie um, in its script and in like Chadwick Boseman as an actor and in the director, Ryan Coogler, um, who also did the Creed movies and Fruitvale Station. Um, one thing he's You're so really, smart. Uh, thank Big you. Big Michael B. Jordan guy. Yeah, gotta love him. Um, but uh, one of the things that I think is, is really um, impressive about what happens in this movie is that not only am I you know, I'm, am I not a superhero or a king? Um, but I'm also not from Africa and, um, spoiler alert, I'm also not black. Um, and when this movie came out, there was this crazy pushback of like, you know, the largely white public going, it's not even that good. I don't get it. But I think they're missing the point that this movie exists kind of universally, regardless of whether or not it's telling your story. It is, it is, universally relatable in that it exists on a human level um Mm -hmm. and and regardless of whether you identify culturally or racially with the characters in the movie it is still so inherently human this the idea of family struggles and and what it is to like take up responsibility and you know whether or not you need to support yourself or support others first like those are such inherent human struggles regardless of race or or you know in this case royal status um that that it's it connected with me right away just just that you know internal struggle of of how to be the best version of yourself yeah 100 percent. that's really good and so diving straight from that every single time we go through a movie or anything like this, we're going to break down the big idea of the theme and what we pulled from it the most. And I think Cam came in with something really good. We were talking about this beforehand, and I really want him to start off with this. Cam, what do you have? Yeah, so I think the the theme of this movie is is generally that if we as a church can connect vibranium to anything, it's this relationship we have with Jesus. And I, I think, so. so vibranium is this this thing used for technology and, and they use it to basically advance their culture above all other cultures. They are the most advanced community, but they refuse to share it. They set up this shield. So to everybody else, what kind of looks like it's, it's a third world country and it, it looks super, um, underwhelming, but in, in all actuality, it's super advanced. And so I think as the church, sometimes we have a similar struggle where, we want to take what we have and, and keep it internal. Now, the reason we keep it internal might be different. Uh, maybe it's because it's we're scared. Uh, maybe it's because we're kind of like Jonah and we think, oh, if I share Jesus with that person and God forgives them, I'm going to feel like I'm getting scrubbed here because like they're so bad and God's forgiving them. 
whatever the reason is, we take what we have, which is our faith, our, our relationship with Jesus, and we keep it at home. Uh, just like the vibranium, instead of sharing it with the community, and Killmonger even says at one point, uh, T'Challa says, I share vibranium with my people. And Killmonger says, you've got people all over the world. And, and you're not giving them the resources they need to succeed, and people are dying from it. We have something that can be shared with everyone in the world. People are dying because they don't have it. But yet we still keep it at home, and I don't always know why. You know, and that's really good, and I, that's why I think we really decided this would be a really good first podcast to really knock this out. Even though it's not actually the first podcast. Hashtag Plain Sight, The Lost Tapes, the Civil War movie. They're kind of like the Dead Sea Scrolls. You'll find them in a whole lot of years. Someday, they'll accidentally resurface. Somebody's going to be on an expedition into the Maldives, and they'll find a flash drive with our Civil War episode on it. And they're going to love it. And they will throw it it away. And they will not listen to it. They'll probably think it's true. Very fast. (laughs) And so... Really, the thought behind this is growing up in church like the three of us did, there's this weird kind of tension from where people take the start of Romans to say, do not conform to the ways of the world. And they say they want to be, quote, in the world, but not of it. Um, And so there's (laughs) this weird distancing between, hey, how are we supposed to live as Christians and be with people that aren't Christians? And we grow up in church thinking, practically, and we're not always directly told this but we believe that anything that's not inherently christian is probably bad yep and there's this weird subgenre of everything that's a really corny most of the time and just not as <laughs> enjoyable as other movies with what, actual don't budgets put some respect on fireproof first of all okay <laughs> we've seen it a million times it's a classic hashtag left behind i don't remember which one with nicholas cage oh my gosh but there's this idea that just because movies or music might have some things in them that aren't christian and might be things christians don't do or say that they're automatically bad and they automatically are a detriment to our faith And we want to push against it to say that, look, the world needs Jesus because we are a part of the world. Um, There is no in the world, but not of it. We are not separated from that. It's just we know God while we're walking through all this, and we just so happen to want everybody else to know him. And so there's this idea that when we talk about Wakanda and them hoarding vibranium and there's worlds and people out there dying, um, that's a real tension when – the good guys are doing something that is wrong. Yeah. That we know is wrong. And we're supposed to be rooting for them, even though we know that they should change. And that's such a big idea here. And it's so massive. I think it's something we can all cling on to. And it's just the whole purpose of this podcast and everything we do. Right. That's exactly what we're going for is finding Jesus in the things that you might not think to look for. Exactly. So one of the big things we do here um, is we really like to, especially in movies, really deep dive into some of these characters. Anyone that's ever really been a movie person or a reader or loves storytelling the way most of us do 
there's something to the hero's arc or the creation of a villain. Um, and we all just want to know more about that. It's so interesting to us. Um, and we could do this with probably every single one where we could try take the hero and say, hey, look, the good guy, that's Jesus. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, and we're not going to do that. It's kind of cheesy. It's a little funny sometimes. We actually are very so... much going to do that. Yeah, this time we're going to do it. Maybe next time we won't, but, next but this time, time we we're going to do it. We promise. Plainside Podcast, sponsored by Jesus. But <laughs> yeah. We got those sponsorship dollars coming in? Nice. Oh, yeah. And so, but really the the parallels here are so obvious. We got to go head first in them. Right. And so why not just dive right into it? Cam, you're really smart. Do it. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, I, I think that the obvious parallel to, to Jesus here is T'Challa. I mean, it, it's it's there. He's the main protagonist. Um, but it is so evident that that is what they're going for here. And I, I think one fun way to look at it is whenever he's competing, uh, he's got to compete twice. Uh, he's got to compete to become king. And then when he's challenged as king. And both times he has the powers of the Black Panther stripped away. And I think that is very obviously when... Uh, Jesus comes down to earth and, and tries to relate to us. And, and he has his, his powers stripped away in a sense. Um, he could have come down with, with all of the workings of God and, and been on just another level, but he came down and became human and he was still able to perform miracles, but he was, he was at our level. Um, he could have went hammer. He really could have, but he he didn't because now he's showing us that that the ability to pursue perfection is realistic. We're never going to get there, but we can pursue it because he did it. Um, and then to even take it another level, um, you know, he he literally died and was was resurrected. I mean, that is as much of a Jesus narrative as I can find. Um, and so there's just a whole lot of connections there, but I, I think the overall um, route he took, and even the people around him, and we're going to talk about some of the other characters, they had parallels of the people Jesus was interacting with every day, um, and the way T'Challa responded to them, and even how he took the situation and made it something beneficial um, is, is so Jesus-relevant. Yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. that's huge. And where I really wanted to go, and the thing that struck me watching this movie, and I'm such a big fan, it's weird because I get so anxious when I'm watching TV shows or movies and know something bad, bad's going to happen. Like, <laughs> I'll even be like watching How I Met Your Mother, and I was like, oh, Lily's definitely about to break up with Marshall. Let's skip forward a couple episodes <laughs> so I don't have to deal with this. <laughs> we can get to the part where it's happy again. Yeah, and so... Can I skip through this quarantine? I wish we could skip through this quarantine. <laughs> uh, but the arc of Killmonger is just so fascinating to me because you look at what made him a bad guy, you know? Um, you look at every villain and, you, and the question is, what took place for them to get here? And it's detailed through the the movie that he was a kid whose dad was from Rwanda out on mission. He ends up getting killed um, by his own brother. And there's this 
just abandonment from his dad who told him about Wakanda and all the great things and the resources and how much good they could do. And he's living in Oakland in poverty and he's dealing with racism on a daily basis. And it fills him with so much anger as it should. And it's weird when we hit this tipping point where he became this villain, this murderer, this hate-filled person because he was mad over things that he had all the right in the world and should have been mad at. So for me, it really makes me reflect on what am I mad about? What are things that really stir me crazy? And what do I need to do to make sure that I'm helping help the cause instead of just spiraling into this hate-filled anger where I'm just screaming at people on Facebook and not helping a single thing. Right. And I think one thing we've talked about is how we get in this position where we almost idolize the things we're passionate about, even when they're good things. And, and how I can, I can struggle because if I really care about a topic and, and for all of us, it's different for me, like it's human trafficking. But if I let that be what stimulates my relationship with others I'm going to get thrown off and, and I'm going to idolize that. Whereas instead, if, if that is stemming from my relationship with Jesus, it'll be healthy. It'll be balanced. It'll be perfect. Um, but sometimes we get those mixed up. Yeah. And it's really hard to define. Um, and talking about this before the, we started recording, um, it's kind of funny how different our opinions of Killmonger were. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're going to use this to kind of transition just a little bit into our favorite part of the podcast, um, a.k.a. The Silly Zone. Welcome to and The Silly Zone. Welcome to The Silly Zone. We'll get a, we'll get a melody written up here for the next one. Welcome Ooh, that's to good. The Silly Zone. That's and good already. That's got it. That's it. <laughs> I definitely stole that from Otis Redding. But <laughs> a lot of people stole a lot of things from Otis Redding. You wouldn't he won't be the mind. first or the last. You're so right. But this is going to spearhead something from probably the smartest person talking right now. Definitely the definitely smartest. Definitely the face of anything we ever want to do. Yeah. Where we have, that's a stretch, our hot takes, in our favorite segment, our game segment, entitled Laughery with Zachary. I hate it Boo. more every time you say it. I hate it more. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say it over. Again, I would like to point out that laugh with Zach was as much of an option as laughery with Zachary. Laugh Laugh with Zach is whack. Can we call the next segment Pander with Xander? Ooh. Yes. Where I'm gonna say some outlandish things. When we when we do like a like a uh, like a money zone like angry thing, can we call it go ham with Cam? Yes. Yes. Y'all, we're we good just, at this. We just wrote like <laughs> four new pitches for podcasts. Yes, sir. <laughs> Trademark all of them. So, um, hashtag no swoops, no steals. But, <laughs> Kuyat, what's your take as we get into That's a Stretch, our hot take zone on Killmonger? I'm just going to sit back and you get the floor, brother. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, first, uh, as a disclaimer, I just want to say I agree with everything you said, Alex. Um, I think you made some really incredible points. Um, but what I want to say is this, Daniel eleven twenty one, he shall come in without warning and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. Daniel 7, 8, and behold, in his horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. 
Also described in the book of Daniel as a man of bold face, a.k.a. handsome. Mm, he is handsome. That'll preach. Mm, yes. And he has a mouth. He does have a mouth. Um, if, if you haven't caught on what's happening here, uh, Daniel 11.37, He shall not pay attention to any other god, for he shall magnify himself above all. Mm. Are those verses about one Eric Killmonger? Are well, they? did he take or, the throne by flatteries, though? I don't think he flattered anybody. He just hey, beat him listen, up. Listen, um, you didn't even let me get to the point here. Are those verses about Eric Killmonger, or are they prophecies in the book of Daniel about the Antichrist? <laughs> 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 Here's my pitch I'm making, is that if T'Challa is the Jesus in our Jesus metaphor... The Antichrist is clearly Eric Killmonger. Now, here's the thing. Here's it's a fiction, right? It's a fiction. Not all of it's going to line up. <laughs> we did one singular fiction and when fiction. we created this movie and fiction. <laughs> but the parallels are interesting in that it is a a man who comes as a man, not as a god. He appears on the earth as someone who is physically present. He is said to be a man of bold face, a.k.a. handsome. Look at Michael B. Jordan, and you cannot tell me that man's not handsome. That man is beautiful. Good point. He, he is a man of slick tongue. I think we can agree that Eric Killmonger has some incredible lines in that movie. He um, really does. Even yeah. up to his final moments, <clears throat> bury me in the sea with my ancestors who jumped off the ships. Oh, that's good. Mm, oh, that that's a man good, of slick man. tongue right there. Listen, all I'm saying is, if you're going to come in and take the world by force, take the country by force from our man, who we've established as a Jesus parallel. If you're going to do that, and also you're going to be, you're just going to look that good doing it. I'm going to say that you're <laughs> parallel to the Antichrist. I rest my case. Mic drop. And you know, here's the thing. <laughs> we both make, I think, valid points. Um, yours is a lot, a lot more fun. It's a and lot. <laughs> it's it's what we like to call in the Plain Sight podcast culture. It's Wackadoodle Daisy. That is for it's sure. Wackadoodle Daisy, Daisy for sure. That is Defcon you know, Four Wackadoodle Daisy right there. In a Wackadoodle Daisy time, like the time we are in now on March twenty third, twenty twenty. That means a lot for something to be Wackadoodle Daisy. The WHO did just declare an international state of Wackadoodle Daisy for the first time in their history. <laughs> Yeah, see, they said pandemic does not describe what we're going through. We got to take that not up enough. one level. What's above they've Wackadoodle got, Daisy? Here's they've they've actually just got a big lever behind a curtain at the WHO headquarters, um, and it's they've been like moving a little a little guy up a graph for a long time. <laughs> it's like pandemic, pandemic, and here's a different level: epidemic, pandemic, and then they ran out of graph. So they pulled back the curtain and they pulled the big lever and lights and confetti went off and it said, <laughs> whack-a-doodle daisy. <laughs> I ask again, yes, what is next? Is. I'm so curious. Um, I don't, you don't want to know what's next. <laughs> it's next is, and look, I hope we never have to get to this guys, to be honest. Um, next is Redonkadonkadickalus. Redonkadickalus. Redonkadonkadickalus. Redonkadonkadickalus. Shouts to Charles Barkley for testing negative for mm. the coronavirus. But good for him. When I when I think of hot takes, uh, this one's not as big of a stretch. <laughs> um, but it feels like a stretch for me to get here. So that's why it's gonna sit here in this beautiful section in the silly zone. But when T'Challa's being challenged and he's stripped of his powers, 
it reminded me of in our defining moments, in the moments that define who we are. A lot of times we're stripped of our crutches. We're stripped of the things that we're good at, the ways that we define ourselves, the ways that other people define us, and we get to the core of who am I. Right. A lot of times so that's for us, who am I in Christ? Um, I'm not Alex the singer. I'm not Alex the fat Thor looking guy. I'm not Alex um, the guitar player. I'm just Alex the son of God. And there's this moment where they're getting, he's just getting destroyed by M'Baku. And they yell out to him, they say, remember who you are. Um, and a lot of times in those tough moments, especially when we're going through just really sad, tough times like we are right now, a lot of times we have to sit down and just remember who I am. That in Christ, I'm made new. Um, and that my definition, I'm not defined by the things I do or the things I've done or the things I will do or what I'm good at or what I'm bad at, but I'm simply defined by the fact that Christ loved me. God loved me so much that he sent his son to die so that I could be known for being loved by him. Right. That's good. So I took it from silly to not silly to... Yeah, I drug us into the silly zone and you pulled us back out. (laughs) Look, I had to get it out. And speaking of wackadoodle daisy, me Mm. and Cam, Cam and I have absolutely no idea what's about to happen. That's That's pretty normal. Um, in <laughs> with daiquiri. Um, I like when it you now. Sing it, it's worse. <laughs> no, I like it. I'm in. I'm invested. Welcome to Laffrey with Zachary. Here's your host, Zachary Kuya. That's me, folks, and welcome to today's game. This game, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our two contestants have no idea what game they're about to play. Uh, Cam, <laughs> I'm Alex, terrified. Today, you're playing. Has Andy Circus played it? Uh, one thing we didn't talk about in in our uh, discussion of Black Panther so far is uh, the inclusion of one in Andy Serkis, um, an English actor of incredible talent known for um, roles like uh, Gollum from the Lord of the Rings film, mm-hmm. an incredible motion capture artist, meaning he plays things all the time that are not human. So the way this game works is I'm going to ask oh, you a series of yes or no questions, and it's very simple. Did Andy Serkis play this? Yes or no? You get a point for every right answer. What are we going to? Um, I've got uh, six questions each. So best out of those six questions each will win um, Andy Circus's respect. Okay. I think that's how this works. Is he listening? I, I, Andy? Andrew? I've actually got him Drew? on the other line. Um, he, he, I've got him on a phone call separately, um, and I'm just going to tell him who he should respect <laughs> after this. How exciting. Yeah, pretty, it's a pretty big deal that we got going on here. Um, I'm going to throw to Cam first, because when we test podcast last time, I threw to Alex first, I think. Or maybe I didn't, and maybe I'll always throw to Cam first. Who knows? Cam, question number one. Has Andy Serkis played a bear? Yes. That is correct. Andy Serkis played a bear in the film Mowgli, produced by his own oh production gosh. company. I was thinking Brother Bear, but I mean that works too. He was not in Brother Bear, but I'm glad you still said yes. <laughs> Alex, Bears. Has, oh, Lord. <laughs> has Andy Serkis played a dinosaur? No. 
I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Andy Serkis did all the motion Gosh. capture for the dinosaurs in the film <laughs> King Kong, as well as King Kong himself. Andy oh, Serkis, wow. a busy man. Wild. Cam, back to you, and you've already taken a commanding one-point lead. Has Andy Serkis played a snake? Nope. That is correct. Andy Serkis has never played a snake <laughs> because that would be full CGI, and he is a motion capture artiste. <laughs> he needs to do that physical work. Alex, he could wiggle. <laughs> listen, a lot of people can wiggle. Andy Serkis's talents are better than that. Alex, has Andy yes. Serkis played a ghost? I'm going to say no again. And you're going to be incorrect again. Andy Serkis <laughs> played the ghost of Christmas future in 2019's A Christmas Carol on FX. Dummy. This is still anybody's game. It's still a one-point game for Cam. No, it's a two-point game. Oh no, you're right. You're right. It's a two-point game. I can't play. I can't run the game and keep score. This is a mess. Cam has Andy Circus played a Sith Lord. Yes. He sure has. In the Last Jedi, Andy Circus is, um, uh, what's his name? The big guy. <laughs> he gets cut in half. <laughs> oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, is Supreme Leader Snoke. 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 The um, worst villain in all of Star Wars. Alex, you're gonna need to you're gonna need to really put some work in here. Um, Cam's got three, and there are four questions left. Alex, has Andy Circus played a Martian? No. That is correct. That would be far Let's too go! easy for Andy Circus. He has not played a Martian. <laughs> Cam, mm-hmm. has Andy Circus played an elf? Yes. That is correct. Andy Circus <laughs> voiced one of the elves in the film Arthur Christmas. <laughs> so I have to go perfect and Cam can't get another one. You're going to have to go perfect. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll play the game out. We'll see what happens. Uh, Alex, has Andy Circus played a talking animal? Um, a talking animal. That's that's all I got. A talking animal. Yes, he's been a talking animal. That is correct. He has been a talking animal. One of his most famous roles is Caesar from the Planet of the Apes series, a chimp who learns to talk. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Uh, Cam, <laughs> this is a good one. Has Andy Circus played an old-timey boat captain? Yes. He sure has in The Adventures of Tintin, directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> oh, that's good. Alex. Yeah. Has Andy Circus played... <laughs> hey, Alex. This will get your spirits up, I think. Has Andy okay. Circus played... A sentient piece of furniture. Oh, I hope so. So, yes. I'm sorry. Andy Circus has not played a sentient Gosh! piece of furniture. And honestly, what would that even look like? <laughs> I don't know. That's why it was so wackadoodle daisy that I just thought it, it might have been it. It was pretty wackadoodle daisy. That's because it came out of my own brain. Cameron, <laughs> final question. Oh, and I should point out um, this final round, round uh, for Cam is worth 10,000 points. And for Alex is worth one more point than you would need to win. So uh, it's still <laughs> yes! anybody's game. <laughs> um, has Andy Circus played 
a completely non-CGI character. Yes. Yes, of course he has. He's a very talented actor <laughs> with or without the motion capture abilities. Now, Alex, fortunately for you, this last question is worth one million points. So uh, this, this is I literally got six for six. You have gone I would six like six. to point that out. I'm shooting so 100 percent victory. <laughs> Alex, I'll take any victory I can. Alex, final question. Okay. Cam's gonna win either way. Final question: <laughs> what? Has Andy Circus has Andy Circus played a tongue? Oh yes, he has to have. <laughs> he sure has in the film Monstrous Creatures, by a score of. Ten million, ten thousand and six to one million and two. Alex is the winner, but by a score of Let's six go. to three, Cameron Jordan is very clearly the winner. Congratulations, <laughs> Cameron Jordan. <laughs> and that was has Andy Circus played it? Welcome to In Plain Sight, where everything is made up On and the points don't matter. Your new favorite game show, Laffery with Zachary. Oh, I still Alex hit us with the jingle. Laughery with Zachary. It's a laughing time. Ooh, I got a tagline now. No, I'm on board again. I'm back. <laughs> so, we're going to transition out of the silly zone. And we're just going to, at the end of every one of these, we want to give one point that you can take home uh, for the three and a half of you that are still listening. <laughs> and that you can take and apply to your own life. And for me, it is... What are you hoarding in your life that you could be sharing? Um, I think with all this self-isolation and social distancing and this time we're spending at home, I just had this real pull, and I think the guys did too, that, man, we've got a lot of talent. Um, we like to talk about this stuff, and we feel like this is a really good way for us to share the gospel to people that might not want to sit down and read Tim Keller's books yeah. or <laughs> – just watch a sermon from some random pastor that they don't know that their best friend told them to check out, but that they can watch Marvel movies and listen to John Mayer and mm. that they can find ways that, Hey, how can I live my life and still honor God and still grow that relationship and live a life for God. And so for me, my biggest takeaway from you is don't wait. Uh, whatever you want to do, whatever it is that you feel like you could contribute, make that decision. Don't hoard your assets. Don't sit on something just to take care of yourself and the people you love, but understand that there's a whole world dying for something that you could do to help them and that you could make an impact right now today. And that's my big take home point for you guys today. Cam, Zach, what do you have on that? Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm going to kind of line up with you a little bit. Um, but I think in this, this time where we're really talking about, you know, being isolated and being sort of personal, uh, really connects nicely to this movie where Wakanda was isolating themselves from the rest of the world and sort of sequestering themselves off into their own uh, corner where, where it looked like they were nobody, but it turns out they had all this power. Um, and I think... A, a sort of tangible thing that we can do right now is just reaching out to somebody um, and telling them that you love them. You can't touch them. You can't give them a hug. But we all got phones. Like, you can text somebody. And no just, smooches. Yeah, no smooches. You can't kiss the homies goodnight right now. Um, oh, but... my gosh. <laughs> Don't remind me. 
but you can you can text the homies and tell them you love them you know um we we have the there's just like an innate human connection that i think is be is going to be missed in this time of isolation and quarantine um and it's as easy as just like texting somebody and just like telling them you're thinking about them starting up a conversation um and that is such a like simple tangible thing we can all do in this like huge time of uncertainty and fear yeah and i just want to say that in a different way uh because you said it beautifully and eloquently but i think what zach's saying is just stop being petty yeah yeah Yeah. stop being a dummy head and just reach out whatever relationships that's been destroyed and i've really felt that these last couple years that relationships that have been broken i'm being dumb over something i don't need to be dumb over you don't have to be bffs for life again but just reach out mend that relationship because it's important to have that connection and also not have the weight of that brokenness and that hurt on you Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah i think for for me it's that um i think it's a matter of of why sometimes we're scared to to make those connections and, and to share Jesus with people. Cause I think if we can agree that, um, the, the point we're trying to get at in this whole thing is that we've got something worth sharing. So let's share it. However, that looks for you. Um, if I can get a little, little personal, you know, one thing that's been relevant in my life is losing friends. That's been a, a very real thing I've, I've gone through as well as I know a lot of y'all have, um, connected to that. You know, I used to be so scared to share, Jesus with my friends and I, I still am that is still an innate fear that we all have but I think experiencing that loss and knowing that I've lost friends who were not saved I'm a lot more scared of where they're at now and and the reality that if I don't do my part they're not gonna have an opportunity um, a quote I love is you might be the only piece of Jesus someone sees and so yeah. are you out actually showing them or, or are you too scared? And that fear is legit. But um, for me, it's become this thing of I'm a lot more scared of what the alternative is. Um, so that's why we're talking about this. That's why this matters to us is because we all know what that looks like. And, and, and we think it's important to use your gifts, to use your opportunities and, and share Jesus because the alternative is a lot scarier than – the awkward conversation you might have. Absolutely. It's good stuff. That's really good, Cam. I really appreciate you closing us out. Um, And with that, we're going to close it out. Um, Feel free to shoot us any ideas you have for other pods you want. We're just going to throw out our Twitter handles. We'll make a Twitter handle for the pod, but shoot us with any ideas you want to do. I know we have a lot of ideas that we want to do, but we want to know what you guys want to hear. All 17 and a half of you. That's a really big number. Um, Cam, Twitter handle go. At Plainside Podcast. <laughs> Let's try it. I was asking for yours, but I was like, I wasn't ready. <laughs> I haven't made it yet. Mine is at the Camp Jordan. <laughs> That's good. Succinct to the point. I like it. Kuyat, what's yours? I'm at Zachary underscore Kuyat. That's Zachary with an H and Kuyat, K-U-J-A-T-H. Although it's about Nobody to be at Laffery that. with Zachary. <laughs> He's going to change it. Yes, it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk after the, after the pod. <laughs> uh, so our Twitter handle is plain sight underscore pod. That's plain sight 
underscore pod. You can send any ideas you have there. All two and a half of you from the three and a half that are listening to the start. We're going to close it out. We've been hanging out for a while. Really appreciate you guys. We're going to keep them coming. Um, and I can't wait. Thank you. Peace out. Wash your hands. Girl Scout. Wash your hands. Wash your hands.